That was the final countdown, at least for a second there. (laughs) Yeah, so speaking of not things that aren't actually the Olympics. What? Have you guys heard about this? um, The Asian Olympic Games are going to be esports related. There is going to be a medal of that in 2022. And in 2018, they will showcase some quote unquote esports as a demonstration sport. And as you know, a showcase is the sport getting well on its way of becoming something you can meddle in. But I guess since they've already confirmed that they're going to be doing it in 2022. But I don't know if it's actually going to be a like an official event until after that, right? Like, I, I yeah. don't know how no, the, the Olympics work as a whole. But Can we acknowledge how far we've come? Like, <laughs> we're now... Now, now, video games are becoming a sport. Like video well, gamers being acknowledged as athletes. Well, you could have already, um, in some high schools and colleges, you could have already um, lettered in it in esports, yeah. right? And on a team. Then, um, I think it was was it Yale? Some like big major university actually had it as a thing that they were like, yeah come to this. We got scholarships for you. Scholarships for athletes. For you're good. You're good at league. Yeah, if you you're league, good at, bro? if you're good at league, you're also a mathlete. What? Well. What? You you play criddle sticks? Fuck yeah! Come on, man, join our team. Yeah, Yale. I'm Yale. I'm still kind of hesitant about the idea of people calling it esports because I think that's the one thing that rubs your esports people the wrong way. No, I think it no, rubs your athletes the yeah, wrong way. Yeah, your your old school thinkers for one thing, and your physical athletes. Fuck them. I the, was I was an e? athlete. For quite a while, and what'd you do? I, I played tennis for well, a really long time. That, Damn it! Of course you played tennis. Yeah. God, you're such a prince. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps, man. Baby steps. But yeah, so I don't know other tennis animes. I'm willing. I'm not. I'm not your like bulky linebacker on a football team kind of athlete, but someone's got a willing. I'm willing to give. Yeah, exactly. Bowling exists. If they're really all that like set on that you have to exert a lot of physical labor on it, then there are already some things considered sports that we can go ahead and, and give a side eye to like bowling. Marching so, band. Yeah. You can let her in that. It, I don't know if it's necessarily a sport, but it's certainly an activity. It's like, a team based activity. Kind of like cheerleading is a, a team based activity, but also a sport. Yeah. You know? well, I forget what the actual definition of there's a sport competi- is. If there's competition involved and if there is like some sort of physical um, input in it, we've pretty much become comfortable as a society turning it into a sport. We can throw a ball at a wall and call it a sport. Wall ball. Wall ball is great. Isn't it though? Possibly I the do. best sport. <laughs> yeah. But so right behind four square, actually my, my argument, mm. at least for it as, as someone who, who was an athlete for quite a while, um, and, and respects like athletes and athleticism, you got to put in time to train. Like there's, totally a mental element to esports there's no arguing that which is what i think is my favorite thing about actual physical sports like you can be physically good at something but when when you get to a point where everybody is really physically good then it starts becoming a mind game in a lot of ways especially in things like tennis too especially table tennis yeah that's my another another tennis that i play a lot of i just can't get enough of net sports 
I'm in agreement but, with you there because the sports that do not require the mind game, so to speak, I mean, aren't as exciting. Yeah, like I don't, I don't like, watch the javelin throw. I, yeah, I don't watch like I don't watch competitive running or vaulting or yeah or like those are the long sports jump. that my um baby cousin does. Sorry, well, man. your baby she, cousin. She throws put, shot put. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, I had to think of that for a second. Like put put. Yeah, yeah. She throws shot put. She's real good. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Which I, I don't want to demerit those activities. They're just it's not just entertaining. That, to yeah, personally me. for me, they're not entertaining. They're and, just watching someone throw something really heavy at yeah. a distance. And so it's impressive in the fact that like I can't throw that nearly as well as you can. Yeah. But I also I trust that you can throw it better than I can. So you I gotta don't take even in need wind resistance and yeah. things like that. No, not really. So at least I don't think. At least not for shot put. Esports athletes with the air quotes on, you know, athletes, they also have to have at least some level of like responsiveness, right? Like people who are good at playing games like League of Legends or Overwatch, like their eyes are moving constantly and they're they're using although very fine motor movements in comparison to any other sort of sp- sport, they are using the motor movements of Amen. clicking if you're, if you're playing league, and stuff. It's all about that footwork in league. Exactly, yeah. Like, your, your actual um, character physical input is exaggerated within the digital space that the game exists in, but the, like, precision and amount of control you have to have over that is still pretty... You know, I think it's still a pretty high barrier between amateur and professional. That and so I bring up the question to you guys. How is this going to affect those main sayers who kind of like, you know, those people who actually go and fly from America and places to go watch the Olympics? Not the athletes themselves, but those people who actually go. What, are, what do you think they're going to think about this? Because I know we're a video game podcast slash we podcast. We are sympathetic to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what about them? Those guys who I guess they don't really watch football because that's not an Olympic sport. But they're but still going they're still going to the Olympics either way. They, depends what football you're talking about, right? Touche cuz yeah, watch soccer. Cuz football is an uh, Olympic sport, but football is not an Olympic sport. Cuz fuck football. But football's football, great. Football <laughs> or football. I don't like football. I love me some football. <laughs> <laughs> He went from redneck to French. <laughs> and you had something in between that was yeah, like indistinguishable. Yeah. But maybe a bit of Spanish, like a Spaniard yeah, in there. I, I thought that. I had to go with me animorphs. But your but language morphs. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm willing to bet that the people who are going to see the Olympics. This is just one of those things where they could honestly be like, that's fucking stupid. I'll still be at every other event that I normally go to. Just won't waste my time with watching StarCraft Two. Why is this even a thing? Don't yeah. they know that that there's better esports? <laughs> I'm sure the people that go to every Winter Games is like curling's fucking stupid. I'm no. sure there are some people no. that yeah. say that curling but is curling the is one. Amazing. No, I, oh my I think curling's awesome. Okay? Curling is the best one out of all of them. That seems like a really fun party game if it was not so hard to set up if there's a little bit more drinking involved too that could be a blast yeah exactly like ignoring all of the preparation just imagine you have like five guys or like some of your friends and you're just at the bar curling like what what are you doing you gotta you gotta sleep faster sleep faster no 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 stop stop wait there are bars that do that like curling shuffleboard style Mm -hmm. thing 
There's, um, there's a place one called in Sullivan's um, Bar by UNMC that does it. There's one. Oh, really? Yeah. In town? Sweet. Yeah. I'm not uh, promoting that place, though, because they're bouncers and asshat. Well, we guess we're going to Kansas City, boys. Yeah. There's a sports bar that's got like pool tables, curling, shuffleboard places. It's like huge. It's Wait, cool. so what makes a shuffleboard different when it's a curling shuffleboard? Uh, so shuffleboard versus curling shuffleboard. I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, there's not really a big difference, but shuffleboard is similar. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I see that. Whereas, and, and it's a ta- we're talking a tabletop shuffleboard too, not like on the deck of a like cruise ship right. shuffleboard, but oh, like small ball bearing washers that slide across the table, and it's elevated about the same height as a uh, pool table. like air hockey or pool yes, table, but yes, it's yeah. really long still, very mm-hmm. long and very slick. They're normally waxed if if you know if you're doing it right. Yeah. Well, so just imagine if we could just find a way to have more people involved in that with mini brushes. That would be awesome. Away, yeah. like sand God. or something. Yeah, because the there best. is there is sand in the little like pit area around it normally as a catch. And so you can have a little bit of sand on your washer or you can, you know, like wipe it off so it's clean. So depending so on how far you can add you can add grit or friction too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we're almost there with it being like a, a tabletop event as well. Um We've deviated a lot. <laughs> we do like curling. While we're on the deviation, I want to also say one more shout out to curling being super cool. Anybody else play uh, Kirby 64? Where if you had the rock and the ice ability, you turned into a curling washer. <laughs> really? Holy yes. fuck. <laughs> you just slid through the level as a curling washer and you destroy anything you came into contact with. It was amazing. Man, that sounds vaguely familiar. That, that game, was actually that a game really had good the best combination of powers. It you could did. have a Darth Maul like electric lightsaber thing, and you could be a fucking refrigerator. Like yes. these were all powers. Ah. <laughs> oh. So what games would you guys like to see if if we did have Olympic competitive games? Because have they named anything for 2018? No, they've basically no. just named the genres. Dota and even 2, then they're obviously. expected. Like MOBAs, first person shooters, and uh uh, oh, FIFA sh- as oh well. shit they're gonna have CSGO aren't they yeah they're gonna probably. have CSGO they've gotta cause yeah. cause it's Counter-Strike like hmm. that that is the staple of the first like competitive first person shooter right that's when they do something weird like um oh god what's that game that's about to come out the arena based shooter that's also got the hero's name attached to it that's about to come out is it's, Paladins in early access still or beta it is but I'm not talking Paladins um used to be a game that everyone played back in the day it was the the arena shooter oh we're talking about unreal tournament right unreal tournament heroes what if they just like bam everybody first person shooter yeah unreal tournament unreal tournament would be great and in the rocket launcher events we have (laughs) dude seriously my like my appreciation for unreal tournament goes back to like that's what my dad used to play like way back in the day unreal so tournament got 2000 him was into my video game. games was that unreal was a tournament. beautiful rocket jump out from striker 34 oh my gosh there's so many good games though that you could use for that like titanfall 2 if anybody's seen the gameplay for that i so yeah. i have titanfall 2 i played a little of titanfall 2 mm-hmm but there was just so many other things. I was playing Battlefield 1 at that same exact time. Mm-hmm. Breath and of the it, Wild came out shortly after too. I think they have to be mm-hmm. games that, that can be short yeah. as well. So that's the other thing. Like Titanfall makes sense. Um, CSGO would make sense. 
maybe not so much sense for something like Battlefield or a ticket-oriented no, game. Way no. too long. <laughs> no. You so say that, but they all I, have to be. I I think they'd all have to be short enough games where you're playing for thirty minutes to an hour for the like rough time. How long does a battlefield match go for? They can go for a while, like depending you, on how skilled people are and how big it is. Yeah, and that's the only time me and Lizzie play Battlefield when it's super big and everyone's super. That's unskilled. right. Those like sixty-four <laughs> man servers were the best back in the day. When you initially said are. short. I was thinking, yeah, like CSGO matches can go for like five minutes sometimes. Like, like they, they can be really short. Well, we're thinking about this in the same context that there might be games like League of Legends. Right. And League of Legends, if you're playing a regular 5v5, yeah. sometimes it'll go to an hour, even with so, the really competitive. So which that's what I was saying. That, like, so I, I wouldn't consider that League point, short at all. Would you go with Dota too? No, I mean, because they have... No, you wouldn't, because it's not as good as League. (laughs) (laughs) No, what would you do? I'm in agreement with you there. No, uh, I think you just, you suck it up, because that happens to be, like... So do you just take League already does it. Like, the Mm -hmm. the League of Legends tournament already makes it work. Yep. And so they just have to be really efficient in how they go about it. So basically, do you just have all the qualifiers and just one round of League between the the one team? At least you start with, you'd say, right? The argument you can also make between, say, first-person shooter that CSGO lasts five minutes and, you know, Battlefield could last over 30 minutes. Well, when Battlefield starts approaching that same amount of league time, I don't know if it necessarily, like, the tension and the entertainment ramps up in league because you start building items and things start getting more and more drastic in how they happen. There's more of this, like, seesaw effect to it. Meanwhile... Battlefield's just Battlefield, you've been watching. It's the same thing happening over and over. You may, you know, like get a checkpoint or not a checkpoint, but like you capture a point where you may be like doing a choke point for strategic tickets, right? It's still a ticket system, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Nothing has changed in the fundamental gameplay or like the amount of impact a player has. Your impact remains the same throughout the game. There isn't that snowball effect to finish things off. So basically what you're saying is... Games that don't have it's that gonna be snowball Overwatch. effect. Yeah, games it's going to be Overwatch because that's the first yeah, person shooter yeah. that we're playing. Which right now, is that still the most popular first person competitive shooter? For Seems me. like it. I'm not sure if that's the case. Ignoring CSGO, because that's also a staple. I'm Yeah, I'm willing to pitch CSGO in there just because Rush will throw a fit otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I've kind of fallen off the um, old Overwatch bandwagon, sadly. I think actually right at the time I got the Paladins codes. Mm. You're really enjoying Paladins then? or Paladins is just different enough, whereas like, so when I play Paladins, it's kind of like, the first time, the first couple of matches of playing Paladins, it's like, oh my god, it's all the Overwatch ripoffs. But then you remember that Paladins was in development, development before. before Overwatch. So Overwatch is the Paladins ripoff. But Paladins doesn't look nearly as like polished or good. But like the gameplay elements change so much. So it's it's Smite, but a first person shooter. Okay. Or maybe a third person shooter. Is I Paladins mean- first or third? It's first. Yeah, you were just playing. <laughs> Maybe not today, but he had an out of body experience as a first person player, and so yeah, it became third person. <laughs> as I a use whole, though, characters that pop out into third person, so I can see mm-hmm. all around me. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. As a whole, like, I'm really expecting this to be a very light to begin with. If we were to see something in you know 2026, 
like we might just see the final rounds or well i guess like the final four teams i guess because they need a bronze silver and gold okay predictions from you guys when is it that we have an almost entirely separate olympics just for esports does that not already kind of exist I'm, i'm talking about it is a collective like is nations against one another and not teams. Uh, yeah. So we have US we have team USA going up against, you know, team Brazil. But don't they kind of do Overwatch that anyway? Because well, like cause it, usually the people the, are from the one thing and they say and like, it's all, but it's also going to be not just a tournament for this is the League of Legends, like national teams against one another. So this you're talking is, like a this is esports the Evo? Esports olympics it's kind of like an all-star game in that regards yeah because like i i really wonder the logistics behind how well that would work because because team chemistry matters so much in in mobas in particular um you could argue that your team usa would not be nearly as good as just your best team in the usa Mm -hmm. because that's kind of how they do it with evos they're just like and this person just happens to be from america this person happens to be from japan for the street fighter world championships yeah it's japan versus us for 1v1 games like where you don't have teams like no that's what they do they they literally like this person's actually representing the the united states i I, I get the best of the united states but if you need to differentiate your fighters in that regard for the olympics do you do something like the Ryder cup is it the Ryder Cup with golf where you have like British team, like the British team is like five golfers and they're playing the same score, so to speak? Or is it five? Is it four? I don't know. I don't golf. So yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I, I think, this works. I think that's how I was it born could near potentially the work where you would have a team of American or United States people that played Street Fighter and they would go against a team of Japanese players or Russian players or and whatever. it's kind of just a, um, so this matchup, this matchup, this matchup, this matchup. So, so kind yeah. of like how they do with ping pong tournaments on team games. Oh, is that how they do it? Yeah, so there's two individuals, a doubles match, and two individuals, last individual being the anchor, are like, so if there needs to be a tiebreaker, sure. that last one. So basically say team one wins their first match, Team two wins their first match. Then there's the doubles match. Or so at this point, it can end at the doubles match. Oh, that if, that makes for like an amazing anime or manga ping pong girls. setup. Where like ping pong ping pong girls, you, literally ping pong the, the, girls. That's how I know this. Well, <laughs> what, what I'm about to ask real quickly before we uh, continue to deviate is, <laughs> <laughs> I like is, how he's already given up. <laughs> is uh. Is like one of the teams they face, do they actually have their best player as the anchor? It's like, we've never had to use our best player in so long, but this time we do. <gasps> We're normally assuming to use your weakest player as your anchor, so, right? Not necessarily like weakest, no. but you, you want to have your best players playing the, in you the want games the upfront wins, that you know so you don't you're going to play. Yeah. So basically, break. the first little tournament they did, their ping pong team was like so bad because like their head person that they did was who was on a doubles team was out. So basically no one would want to play with them. So kind of like Hayaku, the volleyball anime. But so what they did was they had a practice match with this other team. And like their best, best player was after the doubles match. So she was the fourth, one, two, three, fourth round. And then like their best, best, best player was the last one. And it was just like, yeah. So basically you want your anchor to be your strongest player because if it comes down to that, 
you do want your wait, best but that doesn't make sense. It. So basically, what you want to do is C- can your anchor also play in one of the earlier matches? No. So you're purposely putting your best asset in a game that they might so you not want even them to be, be playing. You want them to be in the clutch position. So you're you kind of expect you're hoping to win that your best player no, doesn't I, have to I play. I understand that, but let's just say your your team has a variety of talent on it mm-hmm. and one of those members of the five players we have. We're we're going to just say five even though it's technically six with the doubles, right? Yeah. But you're uh you're, one of the players is the weakest, like the weakest by far on the team. You want to put them in the final spot because no, no, you want to put them in no, the best you've, spot. You've the first lost spot. at that point if you put yeah. them in the weakest spot. But if you put them in the first spot, then the they, first or they second, might lose. But if the rest of your team does well because they're stratified appropriately, then yeah. Then so you don't want I, the weakest in the back. You want I the still, strongest in the back. I still feel like you want the strongest up front. Just get your first three wins. Win it. Well, you still want your first three wins, but if it comes to but if it comes to that final match, you don't want that weakest person because, back there because, because at you, that point what if you have your strongest person in the last spot and you lose the first three matches then that's it so basically exactly. what it, you're, then you're the rest of your team player, sucks your strongest player never had a chance to win a game so these are these are this is a legitimate strategy that exists within other games like this like with tennis the way that they'd set it up there are teams there what their doubles one team would be they'd put them at two because yeah. they're like we can earn this win easy yeah you know? like the way you organize your team is also a strategy. So we're, I technically, both of the things you guys are describing are right. We're solving like, this esports problem they're both, now. They're both <laughs> techniques, and th- that's that's part of the game. It's a meta part of the game, but it's still a part of the game. I guess I just feel like if you're going to play all five matches regardless, then it doesn't. You're not going to play all five games, and regardless. that that's what that's what bothers me though, because you you are taking that person you're taking a gamble out of the potential roster, mm-hmm. and it, like so. But you've got to be efficient enough with the rest of your team that it doesn't matter that your strongest person's back there that strongest person that's your pinch fucking hitter that's your clutch guy it's like if you have a weak person that's weak willed and they're like oh no now the game's fucking riding on me yeah you're already sol on game over on the other you need that clutch person it's all about that um it's all about that clutch strategy you playing guys, the long game. Yeah. If you guys coached your own teams, you'd be a disagreement. We'd, we'd have very, yeah. very different oh, man. Yeah. This sounds like a sitcom because team. we're not actually car- cartoons. So <laughs> we can make it an anime. It's a sitcom now. I love this. <laughs> okay, moving on from there though. <laughs> Let's talk about Code Vein. We spoke about the hashtag prepare to dine teaser last week, which probably just came out yesterday. So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everybody's really surprised about this. Like, oh, oh my gosh, these guys don't know shit about it, even though it was announced in the middle of the week. Yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> yeah, but really quickly, uh, Scott, you had some thoughts on this game, right? I or mean, I get, I get release. excited for anything that has vampires. Like, no, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say any sort of reference to Dark Souls at all. So when I saw Prepare to Dine, I mean, you take one letter out, bam, that's Dark Souls. They just added an N. That's it. <laughs> It looks like it is not going to be Dark Souls. Um, that's okay. A little more Twilight than Dark Souls. A little more Twilight than Dark Souls. Uh, so, so what is Code Vein? Code Vein is going to be a third-person anime vampire RPG. And it looks pretty from what I can see of the screenshots. There's quite a few screenshots posted now of it. Um, and it seems... I, 
I don't know. It strikes me like it might be more like a platinum game, kind of kind of a beat 'em up like uh, Bayonetta or what? Character action. Yeah, character action. Yeah, Bayonetta. Bayonetta. I just I just finished Near, so I'm like already kind of in that zone, and and normally it's not my thing, but after how good Near was, I was just like, well, this you know, this could be this could be good. I'll have to keep an eye on it, see how it goes. It it seems like it's going to be breaking the uh fourth wall fifth wall no sixth wall, no there's wall. no walls being broken i think it it'll it'll break the formula that that people expect from dark souls in which you you have a very like every move that you can execute in dark souls seems at least like common there's like no super secret finisher there's no way for you to like enter a rage mode or anything like this and from what they seem to be saying about code vein it sounds like there's going to be some like special powers and stuff going so basically you're saying magic is not a secret finisher just play the magic build yeah glass cannon man glass cannon but what i'm saying there is 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 it come on jonathan it's it's an easy uh like it's an easily executable like trump card like some of these games um the the fighters by like platinum and whatnot like what is it in Bayonetta? You can go into witch time or whatever and slow uh, everything down. Yeah, like you can't do that. It's just a perfect counter. Yeah. So what I what I'm saying here is this one seems like it's going to be more action oriented than like strategic fighting against groups and whatnot, and that'll be okay. I think that that'll be a cool thing to check out. Also, the fact that it's got a gun blade is always exciting. Would you call it a bayonet on a <laughs> rifle though? Just yeah. a larger bayonet. Yeah, it's it's a rifle that is its own bayonet. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying that because it doesn't necessarily. The more I look at it, look like a traditional gun blade, like a gun that is embedded into a blade. It's more like the blade has been put onto the gun. Mm. I'm arguing semantics. I'm sorry. Yeah, really small semantics. Wait, Either way, I'm. Now I'm I've got to see this picture of this. Gun interested blade. in what more will be released as uh, we get. As as we progress into the future and, and they decide to give us some more ideas about content. Well, I, I'm just still really surprised that the teaser we got had absolutely no in-game footage. Yes. Okay. That's like, the gunblade? No in-game footage at all. That teaser that was like so stylish. It was a, it was a stylized cartoony. animation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, part of me is kind of like ta- was taken aback when I, when I read that. And I started looking at the, uh, the graphics the screenshots and, and I'm it like, doesn't oh. look like the animation either yeah not 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 in style it's very vibrant it still has some stark dark overtones to it i guess you could say but it's got the character style that almost looks like um fire emblem or i'm trying to think what the tokyo mirage sessions uh it will tokyo mirage sessions works too i was i was thinking there's there's one that's got kind of a watercolor to it. That's an older game, Valkyria Chronicles. Oh kind of thing. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they actually just announced the release date for Val. Or no, never mind. They didn't announce. It. I just saw it on Amazon. the The next Valkyrie game. It does not look anything like Valkyria Chronicles either. Yeah, which at the same time, I'm not necessarily sure if that's a bad thing. Like having played Valkyrie that's Chronicles, fine. yeah. Uh, I kind of felt that at times it really made light the impression of what war should leave on you. Totally agree. Like it was, is, it was is this a rom com or is this war? Cutesy. Yeah. Like this, there are obvious st- uh, comparisons to the the race in this game to uh, Jewish people, 
And yet at the same time, everything we do is kind of heartwarming. Right. Granted, I didn't finish Valkyrie Chronicles. Neither so did maybe, I. I didn't even get to the happens. point where it's supposed to like shift, you know? Does, is it supposed to get more? No, it's supposed to get less realistic, I guess. Like, Oh, the superhumans, right? Yeah, you get superhumans in it. I didn't even get to that point. I, I just got to the fight with the superhuman and part of me was like, I don't know. This is starting to become anime. Yeah. And I know I know normally I wouldn't, it was, wouldn't I don't think it away. was really well executed anime either. Yeah. That's the other complaint. Like I liked it at the start as like, oh, this is sort of like uh Advance Wars with um Yeah. Yeah, with a little bit more like player control to it. I liked that idea. And in particular the uh the inclusion of Oh God, I can't remember the the two characters. This game was developed by Sega as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two characters from Skies of Arcadia was kind of like the reason I got it to begin with. I'm like, oh, Skies of Arcadia, the game that everyone forgets about. That was amazing. Uh, but uh, anyways, enough of the the memory lane there. And that's really all I have to say about Code Vein, except that I have my eye on it. Even though I know now it's not going to be a Dark Souls thing, I'll I'll just keep looking at it every once in a while. That's cool. Speaking of things being Dark Souls things. Let's talk more Dark Souls. <laughs> Let's talk about a Dark Souls board game. Yeah, now, so... Would you call yourself our resident board game expert, Scott? No, I know nothing about board games. I guess I'd be the resident board yeah. game expert. Yeah, I've been to... <laughs> Clue is not an impressive game to have, Cookie. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's... Clue is the <laughs> ultimate detective adventure. We actually bought Clue, and then I was really sad and depressed to find out that you actually need three people to play it. <laughs> so we haven't played it <laughs> you didn't know that and you're our resident board game expert well not of classic well, board fucked. games oh shit <laughs> <laughs> like I'm more of a flick em up ticket to ride type of guy okay then there's Dungeons and Dragons so, yeah, Wrath of Ashgard I've, I've played I've played a couple board games that aren't your like uh, Monopoly-esque board games you know what I mean like your, your Snakes and Ladders Hasbro is it is it who does that? Who does the? Which one? Well, I'm just trying All to. I'm just trying to Hasbro? think. Yeah, who does like the most common board <coughs> games? Like Hasbro. It is Hasbro. Okay. Don't so, quote me on that, internet, please, and thank you. <laughs> I should just look it up. Who made Monopoly? Because they've made everything else. Um, and the lesser known, Monopoly was actually supposed to be the bad version of the game, but there was another game. It was like a God. What was it called? It was made by. Made by Hasbro. I just double checked. So, Doesn't anyway, matter. yeah, I've I've played those classic board games, and then the more obscure stuff that I've played. And by obscure, I'm talking like Settlers of Catan, which everybody owns now. So it's not that obscure. Not that obscure at all. I, exactly. I haven't played that much out outside of the uh, box of traditional board games, but I might buy a Dark Souls board game because it seems pretty cool. This was the uh, result of a Kickstarter campaign. It's also very heavy. Yeah, yeah, it's like four kilograms or something yeah. with everything in it, which is apparently very heavy for a board game. But the figurines look really good. Like they Shoot, look, I use these on my. Uh, they look really good for Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Yeah, um, they have essentially like the. Uh, uh, they they have like the basic um, division of classes between the heroes that are available. Um, 
as far as like I can have a faith combat build or a sorcery combat build or a complete combat build kind of thing. Yeah, that's a that's a cool piece. Uh Cookie's showing off the gargoyle piece right now. Um It looks pretty cool with the content that it has in it and the way that it's played also looks pretty unique because I'm normally a person where you roll the dice and move so many number of spaces. The game looks like you essentially use nodes to move from point to point within a room and then how you uh, go through combat is you have instead of like a stamina meter health meter you have one single meter every time you like the actions that you take you use black cubes to fill up on the left hand side of the meter that's like the that's the actions that you're taking it's your endurance roughly but then on the right hand side any damage that you take you put red cubes into and when the black cubes and red cubes meet you're dead Uh, it means yeah exactly it's the whole like it's a risk reward system so as you've lost more health you can take less risk with the black cubes for action otherwise you'll die but early on you can take really high risk with the black cubes for action because you have that extra health and if you drink estus you get to take all the red cubes out or something it sounds really cool it also sounds like it it really follows the Dark Souls system of like learning an enemy's behaviors and then um, like farming or not necessarily farming, but like learning enemies' behaviors so you can fight a lot of enemies and then get enough souls so you can either purchase gear to upgrade or you can um, increase your stats. And then ultimately when you've done it enough and you feel confident as a party, you can go ahead and fight the final boss. I should also note, in not in uh, classic Dark Souls fashion, if one of your teammates dies, you all go back. So you so. actually have to work as a group. Meanwhile, as everybody who's ever played Dark Souls online has realized, if you have if your phantom like uh, dies in a fight for the boss fight, you normally use that moment like, "Oh, good, he's dying. I need to get some extra shots yep, in yep. on this <laughs> boss." Like. <laughs> keep them busy with your corpse for just a second i'm almost there like they get no reward but you don't care right so yeah. i'm in hearing about how cool this sounds uh-huh i'm on a hard pass really yeah because you don't like relying on teammates or no i love board games and i love teammate based strategy games i don't love a 132 dollar price point holy Ouch. shit yeah yeah, yeah i kind of even look at the price point. i kind of just googled it and it was like um so you can buy it from those figurines make sense then in mm-hmm. why they look so good uh, bonanza little shop of magic is selling it for 132 dollars 29 cents you can find it on ebay the core pre-order for 119 dollars 97 cents that's too much for me to be able to afford with a board game sadly and you can also find it on ebay for 199 dollars 99 cents so i'm not trusting the ebay ones inflated yeah. Yeah. So do our rich listeners. Dark Souls looks really awesome. It you looks guys should, super fucking you cool. You guys should try it out. Uh, and send it to us. I'll, I'm just going to send a note to Spielbound like, hey, you want to buy this? They like, don't buy games. No. Yeah, they get them donated. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. You want to really? ask a donor yeah. for this? They're all donated there. I didn't realize yeah. that, huh? Yeah. That's like the reason half I'm of not them are donated so. from one guy, but. So that's the reason I actually don't play Warhammer is because of the price point. Well, yeah, the figurines are so fucking expensive. Ignore that. Made out of steel. Yes, titanium. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, what is a hard metal that is not cost effective? Titanium. <laughs> right. Tungsten. 
Tungsten, is that harder than titanium? Uh, I don't think it's harder than titanium. I don't think it is because tungsten, the like drawback of the draw for tungsten rings for men is the fact that if you get into a car accident, they can just take a hammer to it and shatter it. Uh, It's brittler. Yeah. So so basically, if you've got a titanium ring on and you get into an accident and they need to take the ring off, they take your hand. They take your, your finger, finger off. They take your hand off. It's that hard. <laughs> like, fuck I ain't even going to try with the finger. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> too close. Those, to- those fire axes, they're too wide. You can't just go for a finger. You got to get the whole wrist. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of board games, uh, over the week, we also played Secret Hitler. Yes. This is the other board game that I'm familiar with that's not in the usual lineup. So Secret Hitler is is a game that I bought and brought to our most recent fancy friends hangout. And Cookie, that was your first time playing. Neil, it wasn't your first time, was it? It was my first time. It was your first time. Yep. But you seemed like you understood. It I've a played bit. games like this okay. before. So deceit games. I'm gonna give it. a very simple explanation, then I'd like to hear your guys' opinions. Secret Hitler is a game that takes place right before um, Hitler comes into power in Nazi Germany. But let's also say that Hitler is also an alligator in this particular version. He's actually a T-Rex. Oh, T-Rex? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but all of the fascists are denoted by reptiles, which is pretty great. So like one of the fascists is a snake, and they're all still in like their like military regalia, which it, it makes for a very like charming art style yeah. in this game. But... It's a game of deception and teamwork where essentially the liberal party of Germany and the fascist party of Germany are competing to enact policies to either usher Germany away from um, its eventual historical decline into fascism and then Nazism or to progress the the fascist agenda in order to allow Hitler to rise to power and and, uh, turn turn Germany in, into the uh, less popular Nazi Germany. <laughs> to put it lightly. They've got bad PR. Their optics were terrible. <laughs> so, through the course of this game, no one necessarily knows each other's roles except for the fascist party? The fascists know who each other are and they know who Hitler is. But Hitler does not know who the fascists are, so he does not know who's loyal to him. And the liberals have no idea who anybody is. Yep. Which gives it this, um, this is really why it's so great for like the deception and the teamwork and whatnot is the liberals are the majority party, but ultimately they, they have to know that the, some of the people amongst them are not on their side, but it's difficult to determine. Especially when you got bad liberals on your team. Like Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys i enacted a fascist policy what can you say it, it was really easy to frame you as a fascist that round yeah we thank you for that no problem we still ended up winning the day though yeah so my my single complaint before i ask you guys about your opinion is that secret hitler is an exceptionally good and fun game the more people you have the better it plays i think it has a minimum of five people but at that point it is very easy to just get steamrolled as the fascist because you really only have to like suspect one if you if you suspect correctly one fascist you've already eliminated almost any opportunity for the fascist <laughs> to move pol- policy you forward. have nearly a coin flip and get getting that right a 40 percent chance to guess someone as the fascist right away which as is a fascist. pretty easy yep 
comparatively well especially that that guesses without evidence and without right, knowledge exactly. of what people are doing with their that's turns. the start of the game guess before any context comes in and context normally improves your ability to yep. determine so i would say as a whole it it it's extremely fun and the i think half of the enjoyment you get out of these games is based upon the setting or the the like the themes which it's based upon is that redundant? Oh, whatever. Uh, my only complaint, like I, I would agree with you, it's not a fun game with less people. At the same time, that's not anything to hold too far against it because it's the same way with Mafia or Werewolves. Uh, and it's the, it's the same way with like a lot of even simpler board games, I feel. Now, as to that particular uh, version you have to or had, I don't know if it, there are like different that manufacturers is, or if that's that is the official the one, official and only version. Okay, the, yeah, just just to touch very lightly on the construction, like the pieces feel real solid. Instead of having cards, you have more of like these cardboard tiles for your. Everything feels really good, and the like kind of fake gilding of silver and gold for the liberal and fascist parties i thought was just like such a nice touch yeah it it, was it's a class it's a classy set of like items for the board game and i promise we're not getting paid by secret hitler but if they wanted to sponsor us they could yeah we're not getting paid in fact i paid them to get the game (laughs) yep uh yeah but i'd say i how much was it 30 bucks 35 dollars on amazon i have an amazon prime account so when the impulse hit me i had it within two days and that was real nice i think that's worth it oh yeah i agree i've already pre-ordered it and by pre-ordered it i've got a copy that is in my yeah nice now we just need to do this again at some point Uh, how did you feel about the game cookie i mean he must have hated it (laughs) (laughs) i was like well yeah no this is that is an amazing, amazingly fun board game. Like I've not found ever since like the board game Renaissance hit recently in the past like couple of years. Have you noticed that like a lot of people are just playing a lot more board games? I'm playing a lot more board games. I can say that like my, my family likes board games, but it's always but... been like back in the day we played a lot of Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. Um, I mean, we defaulted to like Cards Against Humanity was like the only thing that anybody has the energy to sit down and do anymore. And... It's fun. It's a simple game, though, and I mean... It like, lost its charm for me it, real quick. Over a long enough period of time and with the same exact people or with the wrong people, it can not be a very fun game. I've, I've played it with my girlfriend's family. They're, they have terrible sense of humor. Like, it's everything they put out. It's not funny at all. So my girlfriend and I look at each other just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what are we doing here? Why are we wasting our time? You should play Cyanide and Happiness. Not Cyanide and Happiness. Uh, oh, God. Antidote? No. Mm, that's a good one, too. Um, Cyanide and Happiness made a card game, like Cards Against Humanity. Mm. Uh, joking Hazard. Joking Hazard. That sounds cool. But yeah, so, I have it upstairs. so like card games are the one thing that I've been able to at least like play regularly, but I haven't played before Settlers of Catan and Secret Hitler. I can't name the last board game that I played. So like, like so I think right when cards against humanity came out kind of like the boom happened that board games started getting cooler they were cool again yeah so like they they had better concepts secret hitler i really enjoyed that and like i said i haven't actually played a board game that i haven't enjoyed since i played cards against humanity the first time so like right now my go-to game is flick em up and it's cowboys versus um outlaws 
it's a dexterity based game. So you quite literally are setting up a little town with scenarios that the outlaws have to come into town, rob a couple of places and get out before the cowboys kill them all. And you're literally flicking around wooden tokens to move oh. and shoot. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. We've got to play this. Yeah, we should. But um, so in the vein of Secret Hitler, yeah, I told like 14 of my coworkers, and by 14, all of my coworkers that are on my immediate team and the other manager on one of the other teams, they should play this game. Is your coworker yeah. that's secretly a fascist? Was he like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what? They were like, I hope there weren't any Jews on your guys like... <laughs> game night she's like i don't think any of them were but if they were man it was cool liberals won yeah the liberals <laughs> actually won every time and i even tried to help the fascists that last game because yes i could see how like with less people it's like yeah it's harder to the fascists are much weaker the less people there are there I needs think. to be there's a hard way to balance it too like i don't know how you be- I don't know if there's a good way for them to balance it. I, I think there is a possible way in adding a third party, which is someone that has an ulterior motive. Like Me. I'm the Tanner. Well, so let's say the bat. Yeah, like a Tanner. Well, maybe not a Tanner character in that you have to get yourself shot. Although that's another idea. I was thinking of someone that has a vendetta against a specific person. Mm-hmm. So you want to get a person shot or killed, but not yourself. Because yeah, I think sense. that'd be harder. Incriminating yourself is extremely easy. Well, not extremely easy, but pretty easy. Well, it's easy to incriminate yourself if you know of a character. So by the Tanner, for those who are listening, I play a lot of Werewolf. And I'm and by I play a lot of Werewolf, I host a lot of Werewolf. And that game is like, it's your village. Everyone in the party is a, everyone in the room is a village. And there are werewolves among them. So every night in Ultimate Werewolf, every night a werewolf the werewolves vote and they have to vote unanimously to kill someone. And then at the beginning of the day, that person's out. They no longer have their special powers and everyone votes to figure out who the werewolves are. And they're trying to kill all the werewolves and one night ultimate werewolf. It's just a one round type thing. Everyone's everyone does their thing and everyone's talking amongst themselves and voting to figure out who to kill in that game. There's a person called the Tanner. His story is, He hates his life so much that he wants to die. If he can convince people that he is a werewolf by like deflecting, by protecting other werewolves and doing like a good enough job. So like if he dies, he wins. If the werewolves die, the villagers win. If all the villagers die, the werewolves win. So that's kind of how the game works. So when I say like, it's really easy to, for Hitler for a secret Hitler to like make yourself look like a fascist and thus die. That's just because there's no actual Tanner character in there. Right. But if everyone's aware of, Hey, there's a Tanner, he's acting awfully suspicious. He might not yeah, be. It's I, almost I like he's think, asking for it kind of thing. But I still yeah. think it's relatively easy to play that role, at least personally speaking, because all you need to do is more or less pose as a different role. Like, I don't know if there's a doctor in werewolf there is for town of Salem. Or a bodyguard. There might be. I, like, so you, you more or less pick out the role that you know you cannot is, actually yeah. fulfill and you wait and the, like you claim it early and you wait for the actual person that is lookout or doctor or whatever to basically refute you. And you try and argue as best as you can, as if you were a fascist in this case, to not be a fascist 
and for that person to be the fascist because like ultimately you causing damage to the non-werewolves or the liberals does not harm you you just want to get yourself killed and when it becomes it wouldn't become revealed though if you shot someone and that's right it's not so, it's not revealed but, either but I, if anybody but hitler is killed i personally feel like those th- the third party the jester the tanner whatever you want to call it in whatever game that role is the easiest to play because but at that point everyone's suspecting hey you might be the jester so you just can't be a bad actor like you actually need to act like a fascist or a werewolf and not act like a suicidal werewolf <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the better you sell the act yeah that the, makes sense the more legit you act the easier it becomes to get yourself killed It'd you be- just you just have to catch yourself in a lie <laughs> man so i just need to play more werewolf and not narrate the werewolf because i never actually get to play the game as many times i've been i've played it i'm always a narrator so like lizzie when we were playing faking it the other day it was like lizzie's like oh yeah cookie's gonna be real great at this game no cookie's terrible at that game cookie's just awful because but he can describe what's going on (laughs) i can describe what's going on real fucking well but yeah besides that it's just like yeah nah hey i'm the narrator i'm the i'm the dm we should really play Town of Salem sometime. Like just just over the notion of we can't always meet up, and Town of Salem can be a quick, simple ten minute thing. Yeah, I'm that'd done. Be cool. Uh, so, and not to mention, we could collaborate and cheat because we're all assholes. Sweet. Uh, but no, actually, we, that kind of that wouldn't take. It doesn't necessarily take the fun out because then you start to realize, even though you're like conniving with each other, that you're actually lying to your friends that you're talking to on chat as well yeah yeah no i'm, I'm a townsman i'm a townsfolk are you mafia no no i'm not mafia <laughs> no uh no i'm down but uh so little hitler secret hitler <laughs> little, secret little hitler <laughs> uh, uh yeah so secret hitler yeah that was it was good you know what else was, was uh more enjoyable than i thought it'd be but maybe not the most enjoyable thing i'm already giving my opinion on it another which we did not watch past episode or we didn't watch episode five like we said last ep- episode right. we watched up to episode four <laughs> <laughs> that, that was confusing yeah we watched up to episode four cookie you've already seen the series as a whole so of course we will not be getting spoilers from you but you have recently seen one through four but so we, you have a fresh idea of what's going on we are going to be spoiling right because it'll be hard to talk about we're, we're going to be spoiling up to episode four and scott and i will be speculating yeah at least i will that. be yeah. doing a lot of yeah. speculation speculation's fine um <laughs> there's some really obvious speculation i can make well first uh is there anything you want to talk about like that girl's uh, a ghost she's a ghost everybody okay right? so Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Totally okay, she's a ghost. I got it. So it, <laughs> Boom. Mystery solved. I don't even have to watch eight more episodes. Super, super quick narrative uh, to, to this anime in case you haven't seen it and don't want to see it, but still want to listen to us yap about bullshit, is that it's more or less seems like a ghost story uh, involving a bunch of murders around the school. So basically what happens is... 28 years ago 27 26 years ago 26 years ago you've got really good memory when it comes to anime by the way i should just say the things that i've watched upon your recommendation your description has been eerily accurate (laughs) and i'm just like damn man i could never remember details like that yeah so 26 years ago 
in a it was not the freshman class it was junior class it's year? the it's the third year third class year for class. middle school oh, yeah. third year class for a middle school a girl dies and one of the kids can't cope with the the trauma of that girl dying so they're like no no she's there she's right there and then the entire class gets in on it and then all the students get in on it and, and the then teacher, the teachers the start teachers, getting yeah. on it and then so throughout the years when that class graduates the oh, principal, hold on hold on you haven't necessarily said this part we we only know what happens the first year yes no no this is the first year no sorry yeah. oh, okay, okay so yeah, when yeah, the class right. graduates, graduates yeah 26 years ago when that class graduates they have the principal seat, right? has her yeah. seat there and then so then this is where this ghost story kind of starts and since then we have now kind of learned that there's a curse on that class yep. that if certain things happen and we don't know what these triggering events are yet which i'll speculate a shit ton about i imagine it's the girl dying may misaki 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 ray it's may it's may oh may is the original one may's the may's the cousin. one in this uh in this oh like timeline no i think it's oh, yeah. ray in this timeline nope it's may, is it may? Okay. It's one of the two. either way i know so, it's may I so promise. basically something happens and then people start dying in that class because it is cursed and so far we have two direct deaths with the class specifically two so, coincidental deaths yep. so it's um so basically and what the thing is it doesn't matter if you are in the class or if you're immediate family of the class, yep. you are at risk. Okay, so... That explains episode four. So, Scott, you, you said specifically that... Uh, and they, they actually talk about it in either three or four, that specific connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you think that the, the current Misaki is a ghost? It seems like she... They, it seems like she is a ghost. And I can be wrong, but... Because have, no one acknowledges her except for this kid. They have lined it up so well to make her a ghost. And and that's the thing, is like they can twist this either way, and I think it'll be it'll make sense to me however they do it, whether they stick with the fact that, yeah, she actually is a ghost and our main character just can't say it, you know. Okay. Or like everybody else is ignoring this girl in some sort of response that we don't know the context as to why. Which would also make sense to me as a twist. But at the end of the day, she has a doll's eye. So, and before you can do that, I have to ask a question about rules of what I can actually say. Can I say up to, like, point out little details to anything that happened up to episode four? Yes, yes. but you cannot, you cannot. Perfect. Okay. And, and nope. you cannot yep. foreshadow things that happen after. But I have a feeling I may be covering some of those things you might point out up to episode four. So, okay. Deduction time. First thing we want, I want to talk about is the protagonist. Sinkin Rampa. Since this is an anime featuring a brown-haired main character who fits several protagonist criteria, one of which includes that he seems to have a connection to this town or city in the country, we can safely assume that Soichi plays a pivotal role in the events of this anime. Lies. That is to say, Sorry, he I is not a bystander. This is supported by the fact that Misaki may... I, I don't know why I thought it was Ray. But current day Misaki claims that his classmates associate his name to death. That's at the end of episode one. That's really important. His mom's name is Ray. His mom's Ray. It's, it's Ritsuko, actually. Ritsuko, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say that his family name, which is the uh, Saka 
Sakaki Bara, excuse me, yeah. uh, is the the name that's associated to death, especially since she phrases it strangely immediately after saying that tidbit. And all of his friends call him Soichi, which I mean, if if you're not or classmates, if you're not that close to someone, you'd normally call him by their last name. Oh, wait, no, maybe I think some do. Maybe Izumi does. Uh, that said, we know of six deaths so far in the anime, three that are connected to the main character, one that is indirectly connected. Uh, the two that are not include the Misaki from 26 years ago mm-hmm. and Misaki's cousin, Misaki, that apparently dies that the nurse tells him about. So um, we technically, here's the thing, we technically don't know or, or can't confirm those deaths. We don't know if there is a cousin Misaki. We didn't we, see them happen, yeah. Yeah, we also don't know whether the story from 26 years ago is true or not. We can assume it's probably true, but I'm just saying that we, we can hold off the speculation on that, at least for this conversation. The three that have connections are Soichi's mother, who died during or immediately after childbirth, and I'm assuming is at that hospital where she gave birth. His classmate, Yukari, which is the umbrella incident, <laughs> and then the book nurse, who might have had a thing for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what connections do we actually have between their deaths? We don't know exactly how the mother died, so we can't really say there. But the commonality between Yukari and the book nurse was that they were talking about Misaki at some point before they died. I'm talking about both the ghost story Misaki her, and yeah. the current day Misaki. The nurse death seemed to come immediately after denying the existence of Misaki and telling Soichi about her findings on the original Misaki. So it's, you know, kind of, who knows? Yukari's death seems to be immediately after she looks at maybe Misaki, but maybe not. But the day before she's talking to Misaki. She at least looks at the main character who is standing next to her. So, uh, yeah. uh, So, like, we we still don't necessarily know exactly what that pattern is, but there's something there. Now, the important thing is uh, you've already pointed out that there are familial ties with this curse. We also know that Yukari's mother died in May, which I think is around the time that Soichi moves to town, but more importantly, he's like it's before he starts going to school. So mm-hmm. we don't witness this on screen or whatnot. Yukari also gets a call or something before she goes and runs out the classroom, like a counselor or a teacher goes into the classroom to alert her. That was so they actually said what that call was. Did they? Because mm-hmm. they say why was she rushing out? Why did she take that stairway? Because it was so far away. Right. So why, why was she rushing out? Wing. We heard that her mother died. Oh. Her mother was in a car accident. Oh, so that that okay. That's why so she that ran out. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like we we don't necessarily know whether her death, her mother's death, is also possibly re- linked. It could be. I'm not writing that off. Uh, and like you said, as the anime seems to imply, the current day Misaki does not exist in the physical realm. But I feel like there are a lot of like a lot of the not so subtle hints pointing at that are actually evidence that she does exist. So the biggest thing is the doll workers, uh, the doll store worker. Mm-hmm. She tells Soichi that he is the only customer, even when Misaki is in the basement. Right. Uh, but she also repeats the exact same thing when he goes the second time. Mm-hmm. The exact same phrasing doesn't acknowledge that he's been there before. Right. So, yeah. She she says 
these same lines. It's yep. almost mm-hmm. as though they went back to the episode previously and cut what had happened then and just pasted it again. Except for with the second time, he actually didn't get to talk nearly as much. The yeah, first yeah, time yeah, he, he actually said, much, but this she, is where I'm from. She, she said the exact the same thing. Dialogue. And so with that being said, I'm wondering if either she's a doll or maybe senile. Or there's also the possibility that she's not lying and that Misaki is an inhabitant of that store, that she lives either in like the studio upstairs or something to that regard. Also, the outgoing male classmate claims that Soichi should not mess with things that, that don't, don't exist. exist. Way too on the nose for me, but it does bring up the, the possibility that denying her existence is what allows the, the students to be safe. That might be supported by Yukari's reaction to Rei and Soichi before her death. Mm-hmm. So, Izumi, uh, the pigtail Sundere, claims that if she had not been absent for Soichi's first day, that everything could have been avoided. That makes me feel like the trigger or the death flag, as we'll Was call him it. acknowledging her, right? Yeah, is yeah. something to that regard. But why is he not dying due to his acknowledgement, if that's really what the case is? He's the harbinger of death. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. So all of these things make or me he's feel also like... dead. Ooh. Well, so yeah, like he's got a heart condition. Also, there, there's something really, really curious that I, I feel condition. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, is important lung. as fuck to point out. Reiko, his uh, aunt, aunt. Ray. Ray. I hate that fucking bird. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. She says in the first episode, and I didn't catch this until I rewatched part of the first episode before I came here. She says in the first episode that she goes to Yomi High, like the high school he went to. But in episode three or four, she lies and said that she went to a different. Yeah, she high said school. she went to a or high school. I don't know. Or wait, she says that, that she goes to a different middle school. Or middle something. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty sure that there is also something. Like I'm not she, necessarily I mean, she's very upset and disturbed when he wants to talk about it. Yep, so. but she, like she is lying to, and I have a feeling that everyone is lying at this point, with the exception of maybe current day Misaki and Pancake Nurse. Oh, <laughs> she was just normal nurse before episode four. So th- those are my speculations so, up to this point. One thing to say when you say that she denied that she went to that school, it was Pancake Nurse that didn't go to that school. She was the only person that said she didn't. Ray says she was also in class three. She says it in the first episode, but I think she denies it in. Yeah, I could be wrong. No, I'll that's when she actually acknowledges she, she was in class three uh, as well. Okay. In episode four. So, yeah. She so also acknowledges that his mother was, was in class also three. in class three. And yeah, Pancake Nurse is the only person that said she went to south instead of north. Okay. But. Is that important, I wonder? That pancake nurse went to the south yeah. instead of north? Well, she's a family member, so she's associated either way. Yeah. I'm, and I'm it kind of comes to why she's so ignorant of the curse yeah. at that yeah. point. I, if she didn't go to the I same school, as. why would she know anything about it? Okay. All right. Are you, were you reading off of notes? Yeah, I, I literally okay. read, like, typed up this report so I could come prepared. But I had to jump around a bit since we already covered some of it. No, I like it. I like it. It's really good. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to continue a freewheel, but I like that. After saying all of that and getting as passionate as I am so far, I also kind of have to say I'm not enjoying this anime all that much. I'm enjoying the mystery aspect of it a shit ton, but I feel like characters getting killed for the sake of being killed, like, is really doling down the 
purpose of death in I'm, this anime. I'm trusting Cookie because we also told you to watch um, Mirai Nikki, and we were like, yeah, yeah there's going to be times where you're going to feel like, oh, this is mediocre. It yeah. won't be when it comes together. And so that's what I'm hoping this is. Too. So with that in like the future of this anime, yeah, it's it's a thing. It'll come together? It it kind of comes together. It doesn't super, like, it's not Mirai Nikki. Right. I, I it, hold that at a pretty high, like, that's a pretty high level of quality that I don't necessarily anticipate out of everything I watch. What, what I don't necessarily see improving, because I, I'm assuming that there will be a conclusion that will be satisfying. But the, the thing I'm no. holding against it more than anything is just the fact that, like, it, it felt like Yukari's death and the nurse's death were not necessarily super meaningful to me as a viewer because we had very limited time to Yukari. And the book nurse, like, it, it's, it, it seemed like there was an attempt to thresh out her personality some. I was sad to lose her. It's, um, it's less of a thing for how you should react to their death. It's how you should react to how the students are reacting to their death. And that's another mm. thing. It, it was really weird that the students... Like, no one seems to be mourning Yukari. No, they immediately went into, like, let's explain Yukari's death and why this happened. So, like, so the thing that I get from this anime is, like, from, like, rewatching the first episode, like, actually, from the first time I watched the first episode, I was like, fuck, these middle schoolers are fucking tense as balls. They're all edgelords, yeah. Like, they're all just, like, every little thing so like when the glass like breaks and he saves the girl i don't want to die like they're all like so they're all in self-preservation mode like as soon as they find out about as soon as the first death happens they're like fuck and i don't think we even got to see the reaction we haven't seen the reaction yet for the second death yet that's right because her because her her brother brother goes goes. to that school he's in his class Yeah, he, he looks at him uh prior to the call and prior to the elevator scene mm-hmm. um uh no, nothing of note there just like when when he's getting the cold shoulder from everyone he looks at him at one point and he uh, during lunch and they make eye contact and he looks down well everyone was looking down at that point yeah. but yeah but so like so with the girl who elaborate uh, umbrella umbrella girl with her it's like Everyone's kind of mourning her death, but they're moving on because they that's need to what get their, their shit together. That's what their school does. Yeah. As soon as the girl 26 years ago died, they're like, hey, we need to all work together and graduate as a whole. That's quite literally kind of, I think, what the principal says again after Umbrella Girl dies as well. Because principal's new. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Because the students are all saying, why the fuck did he put a kid in this class? Guys, guys. <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> it's okay. His speech, yeah, like, you know. I, I, I know that a couple of months after watching that death the first time, it was like, I didn't look at Umbrellas the same way for a while there. <laughs> Fucking Penguin shows up out of nowhere, forgets his umbrella at the <laughs> Japanese high school. And when I say Penguin, I mean the Batman villain. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I understand going through a blunt object at the right velocity, but the anime made that umbrella seem dangerous beforehand. Like, why the fuck do you have a combat umbrella? (laughs) Ooh, so, I want to get into foreshadowing, but foreshadowing up to what happens to episode four. Okay. So, just for you guys to, like, keep an eye out for this, 
when they first introduced Umbrella Girl, there was a when she was like coming out to because they were going to share an umbrella because it was raining. Mm-hmm. There was just a solid screenshot of the point of her umbrella that episode. That's uh-huh. right. Yeah. And with Pancake Lady, he's been in the elevator. He's been in the elevator, but one time they actually like showed those two talking. Mm-hmm. Then there was a cut to the elevator, and the elevator shifted a little bit, and then it cut back to them talking. That's right. I also noticed that during the opening, there's uh, a boat. Well, yeah. Th- so <laughs> during the opening, there are scenes that now seem to be foreshadowing the ways people die. There's a scene of like there's a cut to an umbrella. Maybe it's an umbrella stand. I can't remember. There's a cut to an elevator. Then there's a cut to a boat, I think, or something. I'll have to look back over it. But if we look at that opening again, I'm I need pretty to watch sure. The opening again. I'm pretty sure we're going to see the third death, or at least one of the next significant deaths on a boat scott and i were both saying that we're assuming that there's going to be a death every episode at this point which i i'm not spoiling it but yeah it's pretty much so the have they said what the full curse is yet? no, no they no, haven't, haven't. So, okay so basically there may or may not be a death every episode i'm assuming I'm to that there I, might even be more than one death possibly once. oh my god hmm I yeah. think this last episode had two deaths in it. No, Yukari no, was episode three. And yeah, it's acknowledging a death, which I guess they're going to have to do now every time. It's like, oh, this death just happened at the end of episode four. Yeah, yeah. And I, then episode five ends with the death of somebody else. I stand corrected. I think six. they show the death in episode three again in four. That's right so, before yeah. the opening. So, I think. But they acknowledge the mom and the girl's death. Oh, right. yeah, that's a good point. I think that's when they do their little class powwow, though, and they like, talk it out like why'd she die Ooh, you know, keep timing this focus on time as well okay no not on the anime during, on the anime during oh, the oh no no yeah i, I have taken okay. note to i noticed in your little thing jumps. like yeah like, so i i like the the issue is that so far every every jump in the narrative has been in a way that i can't i can't ascertain what is current day and what might be slight past and whatnot it, it's hard for me to so determine it. strikes me but as there, there are totally narrative changes <laughs> so basically he mentions time a couple of times in these episodes we know that he got sick at the beginning of the school year yep so he missed a month which assumedly he is probably starting class in april mm-hmm. i think if we're using persona as our guideline yes. for classes actually no i think i think they mentioned that no, yeah, to, they say, he, yeah, he were out. You, you missed April, and now it's May, and somebody died in May. So it's um. So then he said he'd find out at May what the actual story was at the beginning of May, I believe, right? Yes. I don't know my months in no, order. No, I, I think you're right. So he came to school April. He missed, what's before April? He missed March. March. He missed March came to school April okay. because it was the end of April when they said, Hey, I'll tell you what's going on at the beginning of May. No, they, they do oh, that in mind. June, May, June. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so in persona time still. Cause that's when everything starts. So yeah, but either way, spoilers, things happen in April, just like three and four. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I like your notes. I like your notes. Get on my level, Scott. No, you really don't need Pass. to. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. As a mystery so far, I'm really enjoying it. Like, I don't feel attached to any character yet, but... Yeah, you know, actually, I, I'd be willing to pitch that 
approaching this as me and Neil trying to solve the mystery or at least foreshadow the mystery is a lot more fun than the anime itself has been. Okay, so I won't tell you the... So no, actually, no, don't spoil no, it. For yeah, I'm not spoiling it for it. you, but for those who have listened to the podcast and every time I've mentioned this show, I've always mentioned one thing about it. Don't tell Neil. Or Which, that, that's what I was wondering because I was trying to remember if I knew what it was. I brought up the was. missing desk thing. That's what it was. Or that no, was no, that else. wasn't what I mentioned about the plot. Oh, okay. About the uh, anime. Okay. Is that a different one then? The missing desk thing? Yeah. Mm-mm. Wait, what? Missing desk thing? Okay, maybe I have Because that's what I was associating else. to it too. So On one of our very first talks, you talked about an anime where people were dying in a classroom. It's like, if your desk is gone, then your time is up. You remember that? Wording would be a little bit different, but kind of. No, you have to no, leave an open desk or something like that? Oh, maybe it's like that. Who knows? Yeah, it had something to do with, with desks, either existing or not existing, being occupied or not occupied. That's... Yeah, that's important. Okay, but, that's, a, that's what I thought. But that's not. But that's Holy not the, shit! But that's no, not the spoiler. I think I I might. Ooh, what I'm you got? keeping it to myself. Okay, actually. yeah, keep, keep I wanna, it to yourself. I so, see. But, but no, but when I mentioned the anime, I always mentioned one thing about it, and that's what I don't don't want you guys to remember. I yeah, I have a good, I have an idea of what I want to look for for the next death. What happens? Like I, I'm I think I now. think there's something that I can see, like that I'll be able to determine it and go, this is this is the day that somebody dies because they'll do multi day takes so far in the episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think there's something <gasps> that it has to happen on that day for somebody to die. Oh, and it it and, it, uh, you, and, and you can't talk about guys, it, guys. It's been a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Cookie. And this was Fancy Ramen Part 2 of Episode 12, Ba-da-da-da. April 23rd, 2017, because it's going to go up a day after the first part. Whatever. It's been great. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us, email us at podcast at fancyramen.com. Also, um, if you guys are keeping up with our watching of another, we'll be up to Episode 8 at yeah. this point. We'll watch, watch through eight. Episode 8. So send in your feedback and comments and your mysterious what you think is going to happen next. I, I I feel sad that I've pieced together this, but I know exactly what you're talking about, which okay. is what we're going to talk about right after we stop this <laughs> recording. Bye. Have a great day, everybody. Peace.